I don't know why you have to stress out so much, well, especially on a Sunday. Mm, <laughs> okay, well, first of all, we totally did not record at all the last <laughs> about five minutes of our interview with Eric. So that, that let's apologize right right up that front to our listeners and to our guest, Eric Songer, that yeah. our Zoom session ran out. We started yep. a new one, and no one ever hit the record button. So his his final thoughts, his his most important story it, it was, it was of who about, he is and why he does what he does will never be revealed on this podcast. The world, will, the world will never know. Wrong. He was encouraging people, <laughs> you can do this. You can continuously inspire students and yourselves and each other. That's what are, he was saying. And there are a lot of people already doing it. He, has, he, he was just he, being he humble. And, yeah, but anyway, uh, we do apologize that... Um, <laughs> We got so excited to talk to well, him again. Well, listen, and we haven't recorded an episode in, in a month, um, and I kind of forgot how to do it. And I do appreciate you for all that you do in post. Well, thank you. Because I don't do anything ever. I just sit here and look pretty. <laughs> you know, this is only audio, right? Dang it! This is <laughs> my face not, is, how my many face times is do I have to say this is not a YouTube podcast? Oh, so wait, audio so my face is only. not for... It might wait. My face is for radio, and but my voice is definitely not because it's way too low, and <laughs> I have a Minnesotan accent. So anyway, it's 2023, <laughs> and this is our first episode of 2023. This oh is our gosh. first episode with a guest in 2023, and, and it's Eric Songer. Um, Eric Songer. Everybody. We've been wanting to have him on the show for um, about five months now. We talked about it way back in August that he he was one of the people we wanted to bring on this year, this season. And um, we're going to talk to him in a little bit all about um, what what we call, for lack of a better term, uh, modern band. Yeah. Um, and really the future of music education. Um, Eric is a, a true trailblazer in um, in that area where he, he leads um, rock bands and guitar ensembles, hip-hop group, country band, and bluegrass. Um, he does DJ skills and teaches music theory. Um, in addition to, to being, teaching traditional oh. band lessons and concert band ensembles. And I such. thought you were going to say, in addition to being such an amazing human that truly cares about your kids. Like, mm-hmm. folks, you want your kids to have him as an educator <laughs> wherever you are in the state. Like, whether you can take a private lesson with him sometime. Um, he is just, he's the real deal. And, and so many teachers that we know, he he is he's the epitome of of what education is and i just i value that so much because he cares about your kids and we know so many educators that just truly care about your kids well speaking and and some of them just started a new we got to give a shout out to this uh, new podcast yeah. that has been started by uh, <laughs> Peter Haberman Chris Gleason and Phil Ostrander and i'm just laughing because not only are they just amazing humans and educators and musicians, but man, do they're they crack fun. me up! Well, and and the, they've they've totally ripped off the format of their uh, their part. Like, yeah, so instead of uh, many of you are probably familiar with the the Smartless podcast, it's the number one comedy podcast in the world. Um, so good. But one of the things that's really cool about it is that um, the guest that's on the show every week is unknown to two of the three hosts. You really pronounced unknown. It's, it's, unknown. A, a, like it's every a surprise, <laughs> yes. So each week they'll bring a guest on, but two of the three hosts will find out like in the moment who the guest is and then have to interview them. It's a really cool concept, and I can't wait to hear it uh, applied to the world of music education, and especially those three yahoos oh my um, gosh. who truly are yahoos. 
So definitely check that out, especially if you are a music educator. You're definitely going to want to um, check out that podcast. Yeah. Uh, no, Beyond, Beyond Artless. Beyond Artless. That's what it is. Well, of course Beyond it is because Artless. it's like Chris Gleason's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Beyond the Notes. Beyond the Notes, yeah. Uh, his uh, music festival. that Yes, and um, professional am, development series. I am judging. So, yes. um, yeah, Beyond Artless. Check it out. Um, the new podcast. And also, uh, a few episodes ago, um, we did a fun little special called uh, What's on Your Music Stand? Remember when we did that? Yes. And I wanted to do another installment of What's on Your Music Stand <laughs> based on a conversation we had um, the other day. Uh, you found a really cool new piece of music that we're doing currently with our ninth grade band called Night Chase. Oh, so fun. And I, I, I heard you rehearsing it, mm-hmm. and then I sat down and actually was in the band playing I'm, along. Yes, because I need you to I and, you play. And I was like... Chandler Wilson, Chandler Wilson. I know we did one of his pieces last year or the year before, and I couldn't remember the name of it. And then I sat down, and I was like, that's it. Legends of the Galaxy. Yeah, because I did that in like 2017, 2018 yep, with the ninth grade group. And then, then we, we did, did it, it last, last year. year with the concert band. Yep. And um, I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Chandler Wilson, um, a couple of really, really cool pieces of band music. If, if you're a band director and you're looking for some really motivating music at sort of the grade two and a half to three and a half level. I'd say Night Chase is probably a two and a half. Yep, and Legends of the sure. Galaxy is a three, maybe a three and a half. Um, definitely check them out. Uh, uh, it, and, the kids love oh, it. Catchy, fun, it. upbeat, uh, and, plenty of percussion to keep your percussionist busy. And it's not just your typical tuba parts. Like they are doing the work and they get the melody and like they get to like lead everything in. Oh my gosh, so fun. Such a great piece. Yeah. So anyway, that's what's that's what's on my music stand. Even though technically it's more on your music stand, but I wanted to give that uh, give that well, shout out. Well, we so. team teach, so yeah, it's on all of our music stands right now. It's in on Bobby everyone's Tim, music so. stand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think at some point we we should have a conversation. Um, maybe next time we don't have a guest, we we talk about like our um, our student TAs and our student directors and things like that, and that program that we have. Um, be kind of fun to to share with that because I used to do that even at the middle level too with um, some things but it'd be kind of fun to talk about student agency and leadership and especially getting your yeah, if I you're... feel like we were going to talk about that in a previous episode and we got distracted it's weird was that how the, we get um, distracted was that like the happy hour one we were like <laughs> I mean... all going to talk about student agency and then we just uh, sort well, of got off it was a great episode we just got, got we, a little bit off, off topic we did so. find out it with um, when we were at Midwest that Peter Haberman in listening to that Oh, yeah. Episode. Was... He did tell us that he <laughs> felt that he was the most sober one in the room. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I mean, we had fun, but it wasn't out of control. No, but it was... <laughs> but, uh... but it was funny that he said that because, um, well, we loved him. Well, listen, the episode was literally called Happy Hour yeah. in the Girl Boss and it, Room. So, and it was. And we're um, currently so in the is. Girl Boss Room right now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, anyway, um, yeah, it's busy. Uh, it's winter. And mm-hmm. we know all of you are busy, whether you are a music teacher, a general education teacher, or not a teacher at all. It's dark, it's cold, um, and we hope that episodes like this help you get through the winter because seriously, we really do have such a great um, interview coming up here with, um, with Eric Songer. So do you have any final thoughts before we um, turn it over to our, our interview? Yeah. Uh, so just briefly, we're, right. we're excited in a few weeks that MMEA is here. We love um, MMEA. We should have a conversation with Dr. Paul Booty because he and I are presenting at MMEA. Um, why teach 
Why Now? Friday at, what time is it? 3.30? 3.30. Yep. So if you are interested in checking that out, there's lots of great sessions. There are. Um, whether you teach general music, choral, instrumental, um, whether you teach at the college level, an arts administrator, uh, we hope that you will join us at MMEA. And if your ensemble is performing or if you are presenting, we wish you the very best of luck. But yeah, we will definitely do some sort of MMEA um, preview episode. And then we're definitely going to do hopefully maybe an episode at MMEA. I know we talked about getting together with um, Charlie Moe and Jim Baxter, oh, yeah. That's um, happening. our friends from Princeton. We've got some ideas for doing an episode with them at MMEA because that's sometimes the only time of the year that we get to see folks like that. So, And you need um, to hear them if you've never talked to them before. It's fantastic. One last thing that I've been working on, just so you know, because I haven't told you yet, that I've been talking to Michael Thursby about some things too and chatting with him about the the, the college level and uh, talking about pet band stuff because um, we're, we're in the season right now. And mm-hmm. I know that you know not everybody is a pet band person, but it's really important to understand the why uh, behind all of that. So I'm excited to have a few of those conversations. So we've got, we've got a lot ahead for us in, in 2023 here. I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah, it's going to be a, a great year. And we hope that for all of you, your year is off to a great start. And one thing that could definitely help all of us to get through this season is to um, make sure that you are a (laughs) subscriber to this podcast, that uh, all of our episodes just show up in your podcasting app every time that we have a new one. Or, Or maybe if you already do subscribe and you listen to all of our episodes, why not tell a friend, you know? Uh, recommend us to a friend or a colleague, somebody that you think might enjoy this or learn from it. Um, we do this kind of for fun, just for our own, but also we hope that it, it benefits others. And um, the only way for it to to grow is for you to share. So please do make sure that you are a subscriber. If you want to leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be fantastic. Um, but we'd love to see this continue to grow. And if you have an idea for a topic, um, or a guest. We just got a really good um, suggestion uh, recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're That's working right. on, uh, working on that a, one too. a show about uh, the challenges of teaching in rural schools. Um, so be on the lookout for that episode coming this spring as well. So mm-hmm. um, there we go. So uh, thank you to Nick for that suggestion and uh, be on the lookout for that coming very soon. But in the meantime, I think it's time for Eric Songer. Yes. I mean, his last name is Songer. He uh, was he, he was meant to be a music educator. He was. Don't you think? And he, was like he is born for it. Born for it. Yes, but he is, it's it's he's in everything. his blood. So. Yeah. All right. So, uh, thanks again for joining us, and here is our interview with Eric Songer at Chaska Middle School West. Oh. But I think it's good now. No, here. I'm Hold glad on. that as soon as I jumped in, yeah, Aaron's yeah. doing your hair. Like, yeah, that's oh, exactly that's what I expected with a bunch I of I was shoes. expecting that we were all going to record from our own places at home. And then it, literally 15 minutes ago, Aaron was like, wait, what? We're not recording together? And I was like, what? I have to come over to your place now? So it's all, it's just been a mad hot scramble. She's, she's a lot of drama. Um, she's very high maintenance. And um, now you get to see what our daily work. I mean, we put on a good face for like, you know, the internet and the world. We like pretend that we like each other, but like, yeah, literally like 
apparently my hair is I'm, I was wearing a stocking hat like 10 minutes ago and then she's like your hair looks terrible well of course it does I was wearing a stocking hat I was fixing it I thought I was being a good friend but clearly oh hey puppy well you know you could take her hat off and see how it looks too. <laughs> oh yeah no there's a reason yeah. this hat's on because I oh thanks Homer oh thank you our our, our cabana boy just uh brought us a, a treat a beverage take the oh, puppy out yes where where is that kind of person in my life? I know. <laughs> Everyone needs a John Holmes in their life. <laughs> Ooh, that's tasty. Did you hit record um, on the recording? I'm, I'm hitting re it is recording. And the wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? Do you record separately? Separate, I, I gotta the... make sure it's set to separate separate tracks. Yeah. So just um real quick, I wanna make sure. But don't you record on the garage band too? No, you oh, record it into garage band later. I see. Fine. Obviously, Aaron doesn't do any of the the zero post zero none of the recording. Listen, how precious I am. Um, <laughs> honestly, oh my gosh! Hey, Eric, it's so good to see you. So honored that you're doing this with us. Because it was a while. I'm so glad that you reminded us because we we mentioned in an episode way back in like when we first started. Yeah, late summer, uh, early fall. It was one of our first episodes together. We we're like. We got to get Eric Songer on the podcast. And then I'll be totally honest. I kind of like, I forgot about it because um, it was so long ago. So when you like reached out and we're like, like, Hey, are we ever going to do that podcast? And I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. And so and I, I cannot even express how many people have been like, when's Eric going to be on your podcast? When Eric, when's Eric going to be on your podcast? It's, it's, we're, it's, we're so honored to have you with us. It's unbelievable. So thank you. Well, the feelings are mutual. Watching, uh, listening to your podcasts have just been an absolute treasure the last several weeks and uh, and the last couple of years, actually. And uh, it's really fun knowing you too as as music educators, but now knowing you guys as podcasters, I think you have a, a second career going on here. So this is amazing. <laughs> it is. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying it, and I I loved. Well, again, this goes back to Jerry Lucard. I mean, he started this whole project, um, you know, two and a half, almost three years ago now, and. Um, it was really fun collaborating with him. And then when his life got too busy uh, to continue, um, partnering here with Aaron, it has been equally enjoyable, but you know, the tone of the, the podcast is slightly different now and, and both are great. You know, I was, I was waiting to see where that was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> we had our, I have our no comment. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the deal. we, we, we kind of understand who you are as a person and what you're passionate about. And we've been able to sit down with you face to face and we've been to your presentations at MMEA. But mm -hmm. um, what I'm excited about today is sharing with our listeners, whether they are band directors or music educators, or maybe even more so for the folks who listen to our podcast, who are not music educators, who, because uh, what we're going to title this episode is the future of music education, because I think there, there isn't anybody that I know in the state of Minnesota that has a better idea and philosophy of what music education can and should be and where music education is headed in the future than Eric Songer. 1000%. Um, you so, are the yeah. pioneer in all of this and, and people need to listen to this. And I was, I was, I was uh, generating questions last night while I was at pep band and yep. High school pep band. That's what we're currently doing and, and all the things, right. But there's so much more to music education than, than the traditional setup that everybody kind of knows and grew up with. I mean, the way that the way that music education is changing is so valuable and so important. And you, sir, have been an inspiration to 
all of us. And I, I cannot stress to college professors enough mm-hmm. that they, they need to be listening to this and they need to understand like where music education is going. Yeah. I, 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 I can't. So, yeah. there you so go. for our listeners who maybe don't know who you are, do you want to give us the quick, like two minute bio about who you are, where you're from, what you're passionate about and uh, what you're currently doing? Yeah. Well, I'm originally from Southern Wisconsin, and uh, when I was in middle school, I was not really excited about playing in band. My parents made me, and my main passion when it came to music was listening to music, and I grew up in the 1980s, so I loved 80s music, and one thing that I did in middle school, you know how you all, a lot of kids have their thing in middle school, and some of them, it's common stuff like playing a sport or an instrument. Uh, my big thing was I listened to the Top 40 every day with Casey Kasem every every Saturday, and then I made a magazine uh, writing about Michael Jackson and Huey Lewis and Bon Jovi and all the great 80s artists and wrote articles and cut out pictures of their uh, their faces and the bands from Rolling Stone magazine and USA Today and pasted them in my magazine called Rocket. And then I got a copy machine and photocopied that every Sunday night and then went to school on Mondays. And I had a line like 50 students deep who wanted the latest copy of Rocket magazine. So that was my thing. I was known for writing about 80s musicians and that was my way into music. And it wasn't until I got to high school when I started realizing that, hey, actually playing in band can be fun. Playing in jazz band can be fun, marching band. And uh, and then I kind of took off and doing the, the typical music education thing. But that background always stuck with me. So now I have been teaching at Chaska Middle School West for 26 years, my first job, my only job. And I have discovered that as, as many people who do the modern band thing, that Yes, there are many kids that love playing in band, choir, orchestra, and those are wonderful things. And I always have to say before I start talking about this other stuff that that is still extremely important in our world of music education. And I do that as well. And I play standard repertoire. We do the band concerts. We talk about posture and breathing and articulations and dynamics and and everything that every band director does. Um, But I realize that there's so many kids uh, in our programs that want more, and probably more importantly, so many kids outside of our traditional large ensembles that want to do music and that love doing music and that are doing music, we just don't know about them. And we should be tapping into those students and giving them outlets in, in uh, the world of modern band, guitar, ukulele, songwriting, hip hop, beat, beatboxing, DJing, all those different areas where kids are doing music without us even knowing about it and giving them an outlet to do it during the school day and help them. That's it, that, it, it's so key. And like, that's, a, that's exactly what... Not- what we know you as, right? Like we know and and how much you're passionate about, about all of, all of those outside traditional performing groups, um, education wise. And we've been inspired by you for years. I mean, like, like Brad said, like we've been watching you at MMEA for, for years and just like, how do you do this? And like, and can, can you talk about like how that, that got brought into your curriculum? Like, how do you fund that? How do you, how did you, build that how did you are are you are these kids that that are in these programs are they outside of the performance groups are they are you reaching those those kids that we all want to reach right right well i can go back about 20 years actually 2003 there was a movie that many of you are all familiar with called school of rock 
came out and uh, my wife and I, my wife is, is my, my biggest partner, not only in marriage, but also in music education. We do a lot of these things together, even though she's not um, part of our district staff, she does a lot through community education and private teaching. So we went and saw that movie and we left the movie saying, we're going to do this. And that was when we basically got things going by starting an after school uh, intro to rock and roll class. And we thought we would get a handful of kids. And next thing you know, there were 25 kids in our room and we had to go find other people to help us teach it. We had to go find extra gear, but we had obviously struck a nerve because half of those kids I had never seen before. They were not in our band or a choir. And so that was kind of our like light bulb moment, I guess. And then from there, you know, some of those kids had already been playing guitar, piano for many years. So we started a, a, what we call garage band, which was an actual uh, after school ensemble course, much like jazz band, but it was all rock music from as far back as the 60s up to current rock music at the time. And we have continued that for 20 years. Uh, we have an intro to class, intro to rock called School of Rock, just like the movie. And then we have a rock band class uh, after school uh, called Garage Band. And so it started after school, and then we we started many other after school classes, like a country bluegrass band. I had a kid come up to me one day, and he's like, "I want to be in Garage Band." I'm like, "Yeah, what do you play?" He says, "I play the banjo," and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, okay, banjo. Um, what kind of music do you play?" And he just looks at me, he's like, "Duh, I play bluegrass music." <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know anything about bluegrass music, so I'm just like, "Let's start a band." And you're going to help help teach me what songs to do and, and and technique and all that. And so I just jumped in and it was like jumping into the deep end. But those kids helped me swim and navigate through it. So and then we started a hip hop group and a garage band or sorry, a guitar class, a pop ensemble. And it was all after school until one day I was at MMEA uh, when it was, these things were just starting to get going at the MMEA level about maybe 10 years ago. And a teacher asked me. He's like, why don't you do this during the school day? It seems quite inequitable that you do it outside of the school day. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at him like, you're right. Uh, there are kids that can't do this after school. They can't get a ride home, uh, whatever the case may be. They have to watch their younger siblings after school. And so, and there was no money to offer during the school day. They weren't going to add other classes. So we started putting it into our traditional ensembles. And so now we have part of our curriculum, in addition to doing, you know, the standard repertoire, the concerts and all that, we've added elements of modern band, guitar, hip hop into the ensembles. Okay, wait a second. So that's part of your band classes. So how... How do you deal with the 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 traditional like expectation of having this many concerts a year and doing all of that stuff? Because that's that's the big fight, right? Like, well, we're, we're this is the expectation. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah. So there's basically five components of our our music program, and I already told you about one, the after school component. So the other four are all wrapped into the school day. And just I'll just list them off real quick, and then we can go into a little detail on them if you want me to. The, the first one is just simply adding uh, elements into our pullout band lesson program. Uh, we're lucky to have the, the pullouts where you basically have, we call them lessons, but as most schools know, they're more like sectionals where you might pull out all the flutes and all the clarinets. And we are lucky enough to be able to have two music educators in our, in our band program where we can pull out of our own band rehearsal. So they're not missing other classes. However, 
there's still a little FTE left over that we can pull kids out of other classes if they want to come. And then they can learn about things like there's a guitar lesson every week, a piano lesson every week, bass guitar, drum set, ukulele, songwriting, DJing, music production, music history, music theory. So there's all these different uh, lesson groups they can come to. We even have an adaptive music ensemble where kids can come help kids with special needs uh, learn how to be in a rock band. So they have an option of missing 20 minutes a week to do that. So that's that's called our bonus lesson program. And then like a lot of schools now have, we have a flex time three days a week for a half hour where kids can choose what they want to do. If they need to make up work in a class, they wanna go play basketball in the gym, or then come up to the music room. And we have formed a chamber ensemble program where some of the ensembles are like brass quintets or flute quartets, but a lot of them are just whatever instrumentation the kids wanna do. So you might have a flute player with a percussionist, with a ukulele player and a singer and they want to do a, a Disney song, they want to do Don't Stop Believing," and they want to do something by Drake. And so that's what we do. And we arrange the music or we just do it by rote or whatever. And then we have concerts with these chamber ensembles and we take them on tour. Uh, some We have, a, we have a, a thrash metal band this year as one of our chamber ensembles. Wow. We've had a Weird Al Yankovic tribute band as one <laughs> of our, our chamber ensembles. So it's all across the board. Uh, what we get. Uh, the next thing is uh, actually adding that kind of music on Friday. We do what's called band and. So every Friday, we don't rehearse band music. We might do a jazz lounge where all we do is work on improvisation and learn about jazz music. We might do rock festival day where we give every kid a guitar, a ukulele, a bass guitar, and we work on easy rock songs. Uh, we might do a hip hop day where the kids bring little kids books and they rap children's books or learn how to beatbox or learn how to DJ. Uh, we might have a sound production, music production day where we work on Soundtrap or a band lab and they're all making their own production projects or a composition day where they're on note flight. So every Friday is something different where they're getting a different element of, of music repertoire uh, or different areas of music that's different than their repertoire that we're working on band. And Aaron, to ask your, answer your question finally, I would say that the kids still are able to work up all the same amount of music that they normally work up, um, but maybe uh, they're learning different elements of the music through it. Like one thing we do on band and days too is, is composer of the month where we learn about the composers of the pieces that we're playing and the historical uh, components of them. And as you know, when you're doing that CMP, the kids play the music better yeah, because uh, they just know it better. They understand it more. So, so there you go. That's kind of a, an idea of some of the other things that we've added into the, the large ensembles. I think it's I think it's really interesting. I did not know this story about how this all started by going to see School of Rock, which is a movie <laughs> so that <great. laughs> I love, and Jack Black is so perfect in that movie. Um, but it's interesting because I guess I didn't realize now that that movie is twenty years old. And of course, the premise of the movie is that like it's a, it's a big secret, not just because like you know he's not a certified teacher, <laughs> but more so like that. No, the parents and administrators aren't going to approve of them playing like this rock music or any music that isn't quote unquote classical. And the shame is that 20 years later um, in public education, in most places, it's still taboo. Um, and even in places where you can convince uh, administrators or students or parents that it's valuable, 
Um, I think our biggest challenge has been how do you find the either the the budget, the time, or even the the understanding of changing the model of you know because the reality is like at Farmington High School, all of our ensembles are like seventy students or more. We can't just like hand them all a guitar someday. We don't have seventy guitars. Um, and we've started a rock band class, but even having a class of 20 students is a challenge knowing like not only the equipment that we have, but the space, the facilities. Um, what are some suggestions that you have for um, teachers, administrators, parents who are listening, um, how to incorporate this into um, a school setting that up to this point has only had the traditional band choir orchestra in very large numbers? That's a wonderful question, Brad. I think the, the first thing is to start small. Start with one thing. You know, I just listed off a bunch of things and ensembles and 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 maybe we didn't all we didn't start all that at the same time. You know, we saw School of Rock, we started an intro to rock class. And, right. and that was one thing that we did that year. The next year we started the garage band. And then the year after we tried a country bluegrass band. It wasn't just like one day we woke up and started everything. So it's it's doing one thing. Uh, so maybe maybe your passion as a as a music educator outside of the traditional music education is I want to teach my kids how to play guitar or ukulele. And you're like, how do I obtain a set of uh, classroom set of guitars or ukuleles? Well, that leads to the budget question. Well, there's probably not enough money in your budget to buy 30 ukuleles or 30 guitars. So you go out and you look for grants um, and that could be locally, you know, from, you know, the Legion, from the PTO, from a district foundation. Uh, and then there's a lot of resources out there. And I'll give you a few that are outstanding. Uh, one of my favorite resources, if you haven't heard of it, music educators, is Donors Choose, which yeah. is a GoFundMe for, you know, educators. And you, I, I post projects probably once or twice a year on there uh, for, for the amounts of anywhere from like $300 up to almost $2,000. And you could you can get a classroom set of ukuleles in that range pretty easily for like 30 of them. Uh, and educators from all across the country are going to fund those uh, for you. They're going to give to that project. And, and that includes uh, parents in your district too, family members, community members in, in the district. And then another outlet is there's some great opportunities out there for grants from organizations. Uh, one's, one's called um, Give a Note. Give a Note is always looking for music educators trying to do something innovative. Another one is the Voya uh, Unsung Hero Award. And this is uh, Voya, probably familiar with the Voya company. Uh, this is not just for music ad, this is for educators across the country, again, doing innovative projects. And they are consistently giving out uh, like thousand dollar grants to teachers all across the country um and then just doing other searching for for grants out there that that you can get some money from is is, is awesome yeah and like then the, the last of, thing yeah, yeah go ahead. State of, i just want to shout out uh state of minnesota the regional arts councils are really great there's a so much great grant money for arts organizations and uh schools um if you're a music educator and you you've never applied for a grant through your regional arts council I'll look into that for sure. So, so this isn't just about high school asking for money. This is middle level, inner levels, college, any like anybody yeah. can ask for these these grants, right? Absolutely. And I was just going to say the the last thing I was going to mention is an organization called Music Will, 
which used to be known as Little Kids Rock, which is one of the biggest nonprofit organizations for education in the country. They are there to supply instruments, to supply uh, curriculum material. They have an incredible website. So if you are somebody who's like, yeah, I want to teach kids how to play guitar, ukulele, but I myself have no idea where to start because I don't play guitar, ukulele. And I was in that position too when I first started this. You can get onto those resources um, and the website's amazing, Music Will. It's just, it'll take you from step one, like how to tune the instrument, how to play the very basic chords. And um, and they also now have a, a method book series for modern band, much like the Dean Sorensen jazz books uh, mm -hmm. put together by, by Hal Leonard. Uh, and it's just called Modern Band Method. And it was Music Will produced these books too. And it's an amazing resource to just get you started if you want to start a rock band. It's got the technique in there. It has the methods, has songs that you can play that are easy go-to songs to start a beginning rock band out. And that that that's just so awesome because like as a person for me, I I I am I am not a guitar player. I mean I I have long nails. I whatever you know like I but I but it's always something that's like my kids always are are playing guitars all the time. I have an awesome neighbor that just like I don't know how many guitars we have of his in our house right now because our kids personally love it. And, and that's good to know, because I feel like so many music educators, even though like, I mean, I took a guitar class in college 20 some years ago, but like, we, it, it's kind of a daunting instrument. And like, how do I do this? Even though like most rock groups, you know, you think about the three chord green day stuff, you know, whatever, but it, it is, it's very attainable to, to, to start that process but i think so many people feel intimidated by that and like oh my gosh drum set and it it it's 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 daunting but it it can be done and that's a cool thing like hearing from you and and watching the success of what you've done for so many years i i just again i cannot sing your praises enough of just like watching you like i'm gonna i'm gonna dig in and do this and and it, it's just amazing it's amazing to me so kudos and thank you for everything that you do. Everything. Well, thanks, Aaron. It's, it's like, it's, I love to be challenged. I want, I want to challenge myself. I want people to challenge me. I want to get more kids involved in music. And I mean, that's a big push right now. Uh, and for me, it's always been a big push. We want to get more kids involved. So we want to offer those opportunities. And, you know, I also kind of look at it like I remember in, in college, our jazz teacher saying to like flute players, like who are music ed majors, you're, you're going to have to teach a jazz band. Mm -hmm. Don't wait until you've learned every element of jazz music to start your jazz band. You'll never start it. You'll always feel yep. like you're not worthy. Yeah. So that's kind of my, my attitude. I'm not a really knowledgeable hip hop music fan, but when I teach hip hop, I just let the kids kind of help me out. Like what, what, what should we do? Oh, Mr. Songer, we should do this. I'm like, oh yeah, thanks for turning me on to that. So, so it's amazing. They'll, they'll do more than than you'd ever have thought, and you can just sometimes sit back and be like, look at this. This is amazing. Well, and isn't that just the truth about being vulnerable and and knowing your strengths, but like learning from the kids? I, I just I can't stress enough how much we can learn from each other. But just because we're older doesn't mean that we can't learn from people that are younger than us. It, it's so important to listen to everyone that that we encounter it, it, it's so important and that's how we get better and that's how the the growth happens so where do you where do you see like music education going you know like what what's your what's your vision for that like what i mean we obviously know that performance groups are still going to be around but 
where, where do you, where do you see this as much as we want to connect with so many more kids in our buildings? Right. Right. Well, I think we, we saw a lot during the pandemic when it forced us to teach music in a different way. We all learned other ways to do music and, and some were effective and some were not. And some maybe weren't effective, but had the potential to be if we gave it a little more time and had a little more professional development around it. So, mm -hmm. so I think that we're going to continue to to have bands, choirs, orchestras, but I think we're going to also see some more of these, these smaller ensembles, whether it be rock bands or hip hop groups. I think we're going to see a lot more in the area of production and songwriting and in doing whatever style of music you want, but using the technology that we use to make music these days. I think that's something where there's, there's going to be kind of a push for that. Um, and then it's, it's kind of interesting with guitar and ukulele because they're such great instruments. Uh, but when you listen to popular music these days, you don't hear a lot of guitar. You don't hear a lot of ukulele. There's a lot of beats. It's a lot of production, uh, rap rapping and singing, of course, and, and hooks. Um, so it's, it's interesting, you know, sometimes we as music educators say, oh, we're going to teach contemporary music. And we think like Nirvana. And we fail to remember that Nirvana is 30 years old, people. I know. <laughs> you know, so. And there's uh, no key changes anymore in, in popular music. No, no. And there's no <laughs> harmony and there's no guitar. And, there's a, and, and it's very easy to then look at it and say, this is trash. This isn't worth teaching in a music class to kids. But you listen to the rhythms and some of the, the trap beats. I mean, it's insane. Good luck learning that rhythm. Honest uh, to God, in, yes. In any middle school or high school band, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the production techniques are, are crazy good. The 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 writing, the the lyrics, uh, the rapping. I mean, it's there's just a lot of impressive stuff out there, and and the ability to be able to create it, you know, on a free DAW like Soundtrap or BandLab to write music on Note Flight or whatever or IO or whatever the 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 composition software you're using. It's so convenient and it's so easy just to tell kids, all right, open up your, your computer, your Chromebook, your iPad, start creating music. It's amazing. Well, and then I guess the next question becomes, how do colleges prepare future music educators for a world where we're not sure what the ensembles might look like 10 or 20 years from now? Do you have any suggestions or ideas of like places that are doing it well? Because we know that man, the, the university and conservatory um, system is almost the opposite. It's v still very classical and um, very siloed. Um, but there you, are have... schools that are that are trying to figure this out. Oh, for sure. And I mean, that's what's so great. But yes, there are there are kids that are like... Like, like we, we personally know Paul Booty at University of Wisconsin River Falls. They completely revamped their entire music education um, um track here a year or two ago and incorpor incorporating much more um, modern band, world music, um, smaller ensembles, trying to get away from just the studying an instrument um, or, or whatever for, for four years. But um, do you have any thoughts about that or, or ideas or suggestions? Yeah, I, I've been, I've spoken at a lot of these universities around our area uh, within like a three hour radius of the Twin Cities. And it's amazing the work. I mean, you mentioned Paul, you know, we we all know Paul is just a, a terrific music educator and extremely He's okay. creative and always forward thinking. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know if I want to just start mentioning colleges for the fear of leaving some out because it's actually happening a lot of places around here. That's and great to hear. Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty cool. And, and you know, you, you kind of think it's got to start at that level. And I think there's some truth to that, but it's also just got to start with those of us who are in the field uh, becoming educated about this and jumping into, uh, because a lot of times we teach like we were taught. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. to, to just rely on the colleges, I, I don't, I don't want to put that all the pressure on them for doing that. Uh, although it's extremely helpful, but it, it, that's, that's like, that's yeah. a really good point. Cause yep. you know, we all had, I think like a very traditional classical education, but as soon as I got out, I was like, I want to teach classes in musical theater and music history and music theory. And, uh, I created a Hamilton class and, um, and we now have rock band at Farmington and, um, all of these sorts of things. So I think it does, uh, re it is very important to remind ourselves that if you have a good musical fundamental background and then a natural curiosity, like what you just said, you're like, I always want to be doing things for kids. I always want to be learning new skills. Uh, and we have to um, remind our colleagues and our friends that you just got, you just got to try it and you got to, well, you got to, you got to put something out there that is going to be uh, relevant and, and meaningful. Let, let's be honest. Don't most of us need quote unquote permission to do stuff like this? Like we're so like, Oh, this is the way we were taught. So this is the way that we have to do it. And so to hear that, yes, you can do these things and it's okay. It's, it's music education and that's what matters. And when we see those spark sparks happen in the kids and them tell their other friends about this and that, like, that's what music education is. It's, it's all about how it connects to us in our hearts and our souls. And, but, but as educators, we're like, well, we got to follow the rules and we got to do all these things. Cause that's where we're taught music theory one, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And you know, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, you have to get permission. Uh, sometimes people ask about administrators, like what do administrators think of all this? And from what I've found is that if you're doing something that's bringing a lot of positivity to your community and it's affecting a lot of kids in a really good manner, what administrator wouldn't be all for that? And our administration loves these programs because it's just it's bringing more kids to our school. There's kids that come to our school because of the music program um, instead of going somewhere else or instead of being homeschooled. And, you know, to them, that's right there. I mean, that's what it's all about, you know, for them too. But I think too, that the time thing is huge and that's where it's really hard. I think that's the one area where I, I struggle coming up with an answer. Like, how do you, how do you make time to learn all of this curriculum to, to, to fit it into your day? We're already pulled so far in so many different directions at, in our current job to add one more thing is almost just like, it's going to break me. So that's, that's the challenging part. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very real. Um, but I, I think like what you, what you said initially is really important to remember Like you don't try to do it all at once. I'm going to start with this one group, maybe mm -hmm. it's one day after school because everyone has one hour after school, one day a week that they could create a group to help students out. You know, there's um, very few people that don't have that to give, right? We're not saying that you have to dedicate three hours of your day, five days a week to all these new ensembles if, you're, if you can't fit them in the school day. And it's also a good reminder, like you, you have to, I think this is something I was taught very early on is that you kind of have to create 
the system or the ensemble and then show it to people. And then they'll either find a budget for you or they'll be able to put it in the school day. But you can't just go to an administrator and say, I have this idea. I want to start this one group and I want it to be a curricular class. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nine times out of 10 or maybe 99 times out of 100, they're going to say mm-hmm. no. But when you go to them and say, hey, did you notice like we ran this rock band every Tuesday after school and we had 25 kids show up and um, there's even more kids who want to do it next year. Is there a way that we could fit this into the schedule in the future or find even a few hundred dollars um, uh, to, to help fund it? You're, you're going to be much more successful. So, um, you know, not being afraid to, to go out on a limb and try something. And what's the worst that could happen? Like it doesn't work. Um, or after a couple of years, you, 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 you change tracks or, or, or um, I know for you, do now these groups don't all run all year long, correct? Correct. Yeah. So like you, you kind of trade one off. You're like, I'm going to run this one in the fall and I'm going to run this one in the spring. So it's not like you have eight different ensembles running concurrently. So it's manageable. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's gotten a little out of control. Well, for uh, you, yeah. Because... <laughs> I had to reel it in a few times, uh, but yeah, you're exactly right, Brad. It's just you, you do them in seasons and, and yeah, you, you start something and, and you you let everyone see how it can work. And then all of a sudden it, it starts snowballing where it's like everyone wants to be a part of it. We, we started with one garage band and we now have, I lose count, seven and it's expanded <laughs> to the high school level. And, and there's there's almost 100 kids involved and we're taking a trip to Nashville in September and we have 40 kids going uh, including 20 singers, which should be kind of interesting, but we'll make it work. <laughs> well, and that's just it though. Like looking at you, you're the type of person that y- you you see it and you're like, we're going to make it work because that's what you do for kids. You don't look at the roadblocks. You look at the opportunities that you have, the challenge for you personally, like you're a super smart human, you're a talented, and you're like, I need this, but you also want that for kids too. And I think that's just that's so amazing and so inspirational. And that's always what I've looked up towards you to you as a person that just wants to get better every single day. And that's awesome. Well, there's, there's just a quick story. I I had a a student that came up to me last year and uh, asked, I'd heard about these bonus lessons that we were doing and and they're just supposed to be for the band kids and and orchestra kids because they're the only kids that get these lesson opportunities. And she wasn't in either one. And she said, I want to learn how to play the bass guitar. And I said, okay, well, let me just check with with the administrators and just make sure it's okay that you come to this once a week, even though you're not in band. And, and she was a good student. So they're like, yeah, that's absolutely fine. You just watch her grades. So she started coming every Thursday or whatever it was for a 20 minute bass lesson. Again, a kid that was not in any music class started, she bought a bass eventually. She started practicing all the time. She then in the summer joined our summer garage band program, learned how to play in a group. And then in the fall, I asked her, do you want to, you want to join the concert band and learn upright bass or maybe even percussion? And her eyes just got like so big and she wants to, so now she's in the band, she's in the concert band. She's still in the garage band. She wants to join jazz band next. And she's turned into one heck of a bass player. She's really, really good. And so this is a kid that, might have never even encountered our program without doing something like we have. 
And that's just one story of, and this, this happens like three, four times a year with kids that will come in the back door like that now. And it's so wonderful to watch these kids blossom. Yeah. Well, and I think this is such a great reminder too, is that, you know, sometimes we say, and we know it's true that like large performance ensembles are not for every kid. They don't want to be in a big group that gives concerts, but also what you're reminding us of is that, um, we have not done a good job as instrumental music educators for decades, generations, where we're like, you either sign up for orchestra in fourth or fifth grade, or you sign up for band in fifth or sixth grade, and that's your one chance. And if you weren't there that day, too bad. or if your parents didn't read the letter, <laughs> or if you just weren't digging it that year, yeah, like like mm-hmm. the door slams shut. And that's and not that cool. like that is like the opposite of what education should be. And it's the opposite of what music should be. And um, so many schools now are doing a better job of, of having um, beginner Beginning bands band. at yeah. older grade yes. levels or doing what you're doing, like invite the kid in because a kid who comes to you in seventh or eighth or ninth grade who wants to learn an instrument is going to do so so much more quickly because it's their choice. And there's, um, additional like personal maturity um and all those things i think about like i didn't start playing piano until i was a junior in high school and i only took piano lessons for one year but, he's such but an um, amazing piano player. but like it was my <laughs> choice to do so and i was super focused and i was super dedicated and um if i had taken a year of piano lessons when i was in second grade it, it i don't know probably would have just been a waste of my parents money is that what's wrong with my kids then? probably okay. yeah and now now you're a piano playing youtuber it's incredible yeah, that's right <laughs> By it's the way, this pointless. is yeah. We're gonna th- cut out. This is probably gonna cut off uh, real fa- soon here because I soon, have I'm right. I'm cheap and I don't pay for an account, so this might cut off. So um, uh, if it does, um, we we can send a new link. We, we can send a new link. But do you have any <laughs> fi- final thoughts before before the the video cuts you off here? Well, I'll just say one more story about uh, a couple students that were and there were supposed to be a few more minutes to that interview but we forgot to hit the record button so um eric had a really nice summation um thanked a lot of people and we didn't record it we didn't (laughs) but listen Uh, i I, i'm so grateful for him i've like i said i've been i told him like four times in this interview like i've been watching him my entire career and always been awe inspired by him and want to figure out how to how to get better every single day myself so i'm i'm just so grateful <laughs> did you say anything at all i wasn't sure if you were done <laughs> I, I was done for like four seconds <laughs> all right well i guess i guess that's all we got this episode is way too long anyway so um, you've got a lot to do in post my friend i've got a lot of editing okay uh so thanks again for joining us we really do appreciate you uh thank you for listening thank you for sharing this has been another episode of Band Band in in Minnesota. Minnesota.